What's going on, Internet? The Blog Cog here, aka TBH. And to be honest, I'd like to welcome you guys back to the Gaming Illuminati podcast. Today, you're listening to episode 80. Now, allow me to introduce you to my co host, the first of which has been hiding a bomb chicken waffle spot from the rest of GI in Detroit. You might have heard of him, uh, one of his Twitch hot takes. Uh, he goes by Game Eat, though. Say what up to the people. Yo, what up, everybody? I don't know what they're talking about. All right, bro. This man lies. I seen that post on Twitter. <laughs> no, remember, Detroit has nothing. It's a crater. Nothing here. All right, man. And uh, my second co-host refuses to stop talking about football on my Twitter timeline, so I might mute him. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Rookie of the Year tailgater, UTX Pickskin, the Don. Say what up to the people. Look, man. If the Rams make it to the Super Bowl, we gonna keep talking about football, boy. So mute me until we done. All right. This is ridiculous, man. <laughs> and uh, our special guest uh, for today is the host of the popular crowdfunded gaming documentary series known as No Clip. Met this dude backstage at VidCon like three or four years ago, and we finally doing something, man. He's super humble. Mr. Danny Dwyer. Say what up to the people, man. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Three or four years ago. God, it's like time makes fools of us all. I can't believe it. Have you been back since? Do you go every year? Oh, no, that was the only year uh, I went. I only went because they yeah, invited me. me. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a free plane ticket. I was like, all right, it's whatever, man. Uh, yo, shout out to the social, shout out to the social medias. Uh, where can they find you at? Yeah, at Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, there's not many people with my name. If you stick it in Google, I usually pop up all over the place. Facts, facts, facts. And if you would like to appear on the next show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash GI updates. We have all different type of rewards in line for those who choose to financially support us. Link in the description box below if you're viewing the video version at youtube.com slash the black Okage. And of course, feel free to take the show on the go. The GI podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all other major podcast outlets. Uh, make sure to download our free app, Gaming Illuminati. It's available on iOS and Android. Just keep in mind that we spell Illuminati with the word naughties and naughty or nice. All right. Opening conversation, since you are the guest of the show, we wanted to talk a little bit about no clip uh, sure. gaming documentaries, uh, kind of what got you into it. Because uh, when I first met you, you were still working at uh, GameSpot. So let's talk about a little bit of that transition. Uh, what uh, actually made you want to quit and then transition into the gaming documentary thing? I mean, part of it was probably my boss sending me to VidCon. I think he saw the writing on the wall and was like, <laughs> hey, man, you need to go and look at these YouTubers and influencers and figure out a way of doing this on your own. Uh, I don't know. I... I Back then, I was only in the Games Price. I was only in. Uh, I worked two years at GameSpot UK, and it was all like a big plan to basically try and make it to GameSpot US, like they could transfer me over. And I did it, and I really enjoyed working at GameSpot. And it was it was something else to sort of like work out a big website that way, and you like learn a lot from people. But like ultimately, the type of stuff that I was interested in wasn't necessarily the type of thing that gets like a lot of views. Um, and from like interviewing developers at like previews and you know, going to E3 and chatting to people on this GameSpot stage and stuff. Um, I started to realize that I actually like cared more about that sort of side of development, like the the human stories of like who makes games and also just like talking about mechanics because like as journalists, we all like kind of talk about like how games are designed, but like no one in the room actually has designed a game. So I was kind of more interested in, I don't know, stepping away from the camera for a bit and just asking people uh, questions. So yeah, like... Uh, Basically, after a couple of years uh, at GameSpot in San Francisco, I came up with an idea. It was kind of based off of a bunch of like test runs we did at GameSpot. I did like a sort of a series on how The Witcher got made and Titanfall. And then I was like, yeah, maybe if we got like X amount of money a month, we could kind of just do this full time. If like I hired my my buddies who were also had left and gone freelance and 
yeah, kind of just made the leap. Uh, didn't have anyone to actually do a documentary. We, we just kind of figured, you know, if we build it, they'll come. And uh, yeah, luckily enough, it's it's worked out. Um, I'm super, super fortunate. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like, you were the only reason I was even subscribed to GameSpot at a certain time. <laughs> uh, like, the content that you were putting out, I remember the series you were doing. So it was actually dope to see you kind of spin off and uh, do your own thing. Like, what would you say is uh, the most challenging thing uh, since you've gone and started doing your own thing? I, thank you so much. You're too kind. It's probably something that you can all empathize with. I think working on your own is really difficult. I think like being a solo content creator, like largely, right? Like I work with like talented camera operators and producers and stuff, but like most of the time, it's just, it's, it's the, the challenge of, uh, keeping yourself excited about the work, considering it's like, you know, if you work from home, it's something that's really difficult to like mentally disconnect from. Um, so like we've been, running noclip now for it's been two and a half years and there's been parts definitely where it's been tougher where you know you've been working non-stop for a year and a half and then you're just totally burnt out um i think i've gotten better and uh the audience is sort of they they kind of see the pace now they know how long it takes to make these things because <laughs> we you know we put out a an hour and 50 minute documentary on half-life where we fil- you know filmed in five different states across the country like that that takes a while it takes all the film and then it takes even longer to edit something like that so you know it, i feel like the pressures come off a decent amount now because people are kind of like oh don't worry we're gonna get that one in december we'll wait for it so um yeah we're look- lucky that way as well i got a really understanding audience who kind of know which way the the sky is you know must be nice man I was about to say, you yeah, know, someone's got an indie yeah. studio. Would you agree with that stu- uh, statement, Ethos? You find it hard to keep it. Someone's got an indie <laughs> studio. You find it hard to uh, keep yourself motivated doing your own thing? Oh, it's always. Some days I just want to quit it all. But I, I agree with the idea of, um, I mean, it's good when you have like a group of like people who support you, who understand how long something takes yeah. compared to like, you know, people who are like, you know, dance, like <laughs> upload a new video. Where's the new video at? Like, come on, come on, man. Like it's, it's been a week since you've uploaded a lot of people don't understand like the time it takes to edit and to even the creative process of just coming up with a topic i think that's like um a lot of times that can be the biggest factor is just coming up with like what content are you going to create and then just the actual like execution of it because i I think a lot of creators we um we start to doubt sometimes when we're like working on something in the process of it and we're just like yeah this isn't looking like what i want it to be or it's not looking how i imagined my head and sometimes like i'm pretty sure for all of us we've had videos or projects where we just ultimately we hid them away we've never shown them to people because we're just like ah this ain't it so i did that this week i had a video and i scrapped it i was like this ain't it bro yeah. like, <laughs> wasn't it actually no, i think it off the top of my head like all four of us were all kind of doing our own thing like uh for those who don't even know like jay quit his job like last week like what's it been like for you since you started doing your own thing jay you did last week i said, I said last week i meant last year my bad my bad man yo yo all right podcast is over podcast is over <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute I'm my bad for, for a year yeah my um, bad <laughs> Yeah, I would say, you know, quitting the regular nine to five job and doing this on my own has been the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Like not even not even fronty. It was something that I had to talk to my girl about because obviously that's a huge financial situation that I go from, you know, having a steady check to dealing with, you know, uh, everybody else. And I have to actually, you know, work on my own and make sure that I can at least sustain the uh, the money necessary to keep me afloat. So it was very, very scary, but I'm like, ultimately, I'm glad that I did it because I have so much freedom and I have so much other time to like do other events. Like, um, like I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be able to go to CES 
you know, have to worry about calling off all the time, wouldn't be able to do anything else um, because of that. So I'm, I'm glad that I did it, but it was definitely super duper scary. So yeah. again, it's not something that I recommend for everybody, but if you have the drive for it, and especially with uh, with Game of Illuminati, um, everybody being behind me on that um, and everybody supporting me with what, uh, what I ultimately decided to do, I thought that it was uh, a good decision and I'm just looking to continue to grow. Okay, okay. That's uh, crazy. I've I've mad respect for for anyone who who goes out and does that, especially when like I was I was so lucky that I basically worked at like the biggest gaming website in the world. So I had like a free ticket almost to like to go solo. Like for me it wasn't even like uh, there was the worry of of will this thing be able to fund itself for sure, but like pretty quickly that disappeared. Um and it's it it's frustrating to me that that pipeline isn't like wider that like it more people don't have the sort of like access to that type of like it's almost like a like a trampoline or something to like get you to that you know to that level of notoriety it's it's so much harder for a lot more people to like to to grind that shit out so like i've nothing but respect for for making that jump it's you know because i i buy it easy basically I respect that I'm you admitted you it. That. Yeah, <laughs> most people would not say that. I can, I can respect that. Yeah. So, I mean, I ran, I ran an independent gaming website in Ireland that nobody went to for like seven years. So, like, I, I, I saw what it looked like on the other end when suddenly you, you know, put a video up on YouTube and you know people know who you are for the first time. And I'm just some kid from a fucking town in the south of Ireland. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's it's uh, we sh- people should recognize that. You know, that it's like a cheat code almost. You know. Okay, okay. Let's segue that into uh, actually talking a little bit about uh, gaming since you said you had your website. Uh, let's talk everybody's because we didn't do this the last podcast. What was everybody's favorite game of 2018? Let's start with you, Ethos, and why? Oh, crap. <laughs> why do you think me first? <laughs> um, okay, so this is going to sound very weird, and this is my fault, um, but I don't think I really had a game of the year this year, or last mm, year. Okay. Mm. Hot take. Let's go. Let's go. Start off already. This is a hot take. It's just um, I didn't really. Okay, I think it's partly due to the fact that I th- I feel like in 2017 there were a lot of games that like changed me as a person that like really like really really good. Um, but that's not to say like this year didn't have them. Like God of War was really good. Um, I mean, based on some people, people like that Red Dead. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. And people like Smash Bros and stuff like that, but I didn't really have like I didn't have a game this year that really like changed me, like really like moved me. Um, I guess God of War kind of did that for me, but um, it didn't really like blow me the way the way like like I feel like Near Automata did. Um, but I'd say um, I feel like it was my fault because I feel like this year there was a lot of low key indie games that I feel were uh, that from what I've seen uh, were probably really good or what I was looking for personally, but I just didn't have a chance to play them. So I say the biggest one was like. Um, um, Gris. Uh, I've seen a couple things about that, and like everybody that I follow uh, who's played it, they said that it's really, really good. Um, so like that's something that I've been meaning to play. Um, I feel, I don't know. There's like some other probably indie games. Like um, I, f- I forgot what the name was. Like Into the Breach, I think was another one that a lot of people really liked. Um, I didn't have a chance to play that one either. I, I feel like I just need to take some time and go back and play a lot of the indie smaller games that I missed last year and uh, try them out before I give my final score. But if I had to pick one game. I guess the only game that I was rooting for for the Game Awards was God of War. So I guess I would just say God of War then. I actually kind of agree with you when I think all the top of my head. Like, there was no game this year that really just blew me away. Uh, I mean, like, God of War was great. Uh, Assassin's Creed was great. 
But like in any other year where it was like where it's like stacked, I feel like those games maybe be like in the top five or something like that. But I wouldn't put them at number one. Like if I had to pick, maybe Assassin's Creed Odyssey, just because you don't accidentally put a hundred hours into a game, a single player game. <laughs> But the ending kind of sucked, so it kind of spoiled it for me. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess maybe Odyssey, the second would be uh, God of War. <clears throat> but yeah, like it was nothing really that just like blew me away. Like Red Dead, I, I, they got <laughs> we got a lot of hate, Danny. Uh, like a couple episodes ago, because <laughs> these two clowns were saying they were weren't into Red Dead that much, and I, I like. After they finished it, they like they said they liked it more. I have to say, I played it and like I I put it down. I uninstalled that game. I it was boring to me. I couldn't get into it. Um, so yeah, it definitely would not be Red Dead. People can get upset, but that's my opinion. Y'all live. It's just video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what about you, Danny? What was uh, some yeah. of your favorite games? I'll offset the upset people and say that Red Dead was my favorite game. There you go. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. Doing, okay. doing one for the team, you know. Bring them back on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of Ethos and put Danny on. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I totally understand it. Like I, I, I sort of enjoy it qualified as well. And that like there was a bunch of journalists, I think, who were trying to complete it as fast as possible for game of the year season. And I think it's like the type of game that like, you kind of have to pay it, play it at its own pace or something, or at least I did. I had to take like weeks off of it because it was just like, there's too much going on or like the, I've played too many of these story missions that kind of feel like story missions I've done in Rockstar games forever. Um, and I'm actually enjoying it more now that I completed the story because you can sort of keep playing, you know, that you can keep going around the map and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the side activity shit that's like not actually you know it's not it's the opposite of assassin's creed right that whole ubisoft map barf right where there's like a thousand and one icons and you have to go do them all yeah there's like actually lots to do in red dead but they just they buried it in a menu somewhere they have this like you know thing where they tell you like oh go hunt like five perfect rabbit skins or whatever i do this stuff and I'm, I'm a sucker for that stupid boring nonsense so i'm actually enjoying it um a lot because of that but my actual favorite game that came out last or that that i played last year that didn't come out last year was i played bloodborne finally and completely fell in love with it that was my favorite game uh for sure okay okay what about you jay um i'm gonna have to say god of war um Hmm. handed down now i kind of agree with those in the in utbh that there wasn't really anything that totally moved me last year compared to previous years i can remember but i think that i had the most fun with god of war like i remember when the game first came out i streamed it super duper early and i just enjoyed every bit of it like i really enjoyed that a lot of people were wrong about how the story was going to be i think a lot of people were ultimately surprised and we talked about it and we did our review as well but i just think that ultimately like it was just it ended up being such a good game i was fully entranced in it i wish i had a little bit more when you look at the other you know uh areas that you could go to which i'm still waiting on and then like the uh the ending um when you see you see somebody i'm not gonna spoil it because i know some people still probably didn't play it yet but uh just what's going to come up next i'm very excited about that as well so i enjoy myself from beginning to end in that game and and i enjoyed the life lessons that uh that that he was teaching boy that Chris was teaching boy throughout <laughs> the entire uh the entire game so i liked it. it i think that was my game i was um i was when thanos pulled up in the game a spoiler i don't understand oops my bad i didn't mean to tell everybody half of the planets away or half the what's the name uh i didn't have this on my notes but uh, let's just briefly talk about it what's the name what about uh this year is there any games in specific you looking forward to this year jay this year um yeah anthem um i'm excited for that one 
Uh, How much did they pay you to say that? Well, man, chill. They don't. They don't even know. They don't even know. Uh, <laughs> and Anthem. I'm excited for Anthem. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. That's coming up in a in a few weeks. So I'm excited to to fully like engulf myself in that in that stuff and see where that goes. Um, Sekiro, kind of. Even though I don't know if I'm really ready for that uh, for that for that nonsense, man. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Nobody's gonna say Crackdown Three. No. <laughs> you go through a lot of guests before somebody would say crackdown. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> what about you, Danny? Anything you're looking forward to? Uh I I'm into Sekiro definitely just because I'm I'm fresh off the sort of uh uh Bloodborne, Bloodborne hype. yeah hype, exactly. Um but I'm really looking forward to Doom Doom Eternal. Uh okay. Doom twenty sixteen was so good. And it was the second doc we did and and I really got to like I really I don't know, I vibed with the studio. Like I they get it. Like they totally they they tuned into that like frequency of like awesome nonsense and i think they nailed it and um i i liked what they showed uh, i think it was no it was bethesda's thing right yeah they showed off a demo of it and it looked like they kind of you know they're not gonna overdo it because you worry like when somebody does like something edgy and cool and interesting about one game then with the sequel they might like overdo the wrong part of it but i think they kind of know where the gear is so i'm excited for that one Got you, got you. I'm looking at like the list of games that's coming out. I'm definitely looking forward to Metro Exodus. I don't really see too many oh, people yeah. talking about that. Mm. I, I love that series. That's soon, isn't it? I believe yeah. so. This is like March, March? I think. Yeah. Actually says coming out. Remember all those games that got pushed back to like quarter one of this year? There's like yeah. 50 that's games coming out. Yeah. It does not slow down. Like usually it's a little bit slower. You get like one or yeah. two games at the top of the year. Like it, it does not stop. It sucks for people that got to do reviews. Here, here, take it. Uh, Anthem 2. And then, um, Fire Emblem, the three houses. I feel like a lot of people forgot about that game. It's coming to the Switch. Um, it's coming out this year? Yeah, I believe so. Oh. I'm looking at it right now. What's the name? Does that, um, what's that? What's the game that they announced at the Game Awards? The, uh, the over the top joint? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Does that come out this year? I doubt it. I don't think that they gave a date for that one. Yeah. I hope. I like, I like that series. Um, what about you? Did I, I said Ethos, my bad. Um, did everybody go out on one? I had a, yeah, no. we did. I, I had a brain fart. I had a brain fart. This, po- this podcast Jesus. sucks. This podcast nice. ethos. What are, you, what, what are you looking forward to? Um, probably like Anthem. Um, Resident Evil Two. I've never played Resident Evil oh, Two yeah. before when I was younger, but I played it on stream, and I was. It looks really good. Like really, really good. Um, I was blown away. It had 21 by 9 support on PC, so I was really excited. All right. That. All right, my guy. Um, <laughs> with this guy. I'm a, I'm a 21 by 9 enthusiast, okay? Just have to slide that in, right? But you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Slight flex. <laughs> um, no, um, like Resi Evil 2, I really thought it was cool. Um, Sekiro, I'm definitely hyped for that. Metro, Devil May Cry, I'm hyped for that. Um, i trying to think what else there is. Um... Oh, Control by Remedy. I'm really excited for that. I mm. I liked I liked Quantum Break. I know a lot. I was about to say that's that Quantum Break looking. Okay. Yeah, I like it. That game look cool. Yeah, it looks it looks enough weird. It's like Kojima weird, but it's still <laughs> Remedy like Alan Wake ish weird that I like it. So I'm at, I saw the demo at E3 this uh, last year, and I thought it was very interesting. So I'll probably say like that's the low key like underdog I'm excited for this year. Okay, okay, just a few games we're looking forward to. Uh, let's get into some of this news. One of the biggest stories to come out in the past week is Activision and Bungie broke up, had a little split. Uh, Bungie is retaining the rights to Destiny so they can still do what they want for it. Uh, Activision stocks, they crashed, and it's rumored Destiny 3 is 2020. It's supposed to be coming 
Um, Danny, do you have any thoughts on this? What this means for the future of Bungie and Destiny? Do you think this is a good, bad thing? Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. I think I was very sour on this deal when it was first sort of announced eight years ago because it just sounded like it sounded like some Activision bullshit, basically. Like, we're going to try and create a franchise where... And this was like, you know, Activision coming off of having sunk maybe three or four of their biggest franchises in the previous two years between, like, and Guitar Hero and all that sort of stuff. Like, they needed new blood. And it was like, okay, we're going to make this thing and we're going to make this game where we, you know, cram it full of sort of like DLC packs that are good, but you're kind of going to need to buy them to keep up with everyone else. And it's going to be online most only. And I don't know, I just kind of like, I, I didn't like it from like, I don't know, a top level. And it was especially kind of disappointing considering Bungie had just come off the Microsoft stuff with Halo and had that ugly divorce. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I guess the world of game publishing has changed these days. Like the things that Activision would have supplied them were like, you know, access to retail marketplace and doing all that sort of stuff. Definitely marketing. They would have like done a lot of that. And Destiny is the type of game that gets like, you know, commercials on football games all the time. Like it's a big, big game. Um, but then like games have changed in the past eight years like look at a game like warframe right massive community hardly any advertising whatsoever i don't think they ever do any marketing really um uh just total word of mouth and a massive user base and destiny now is like big right it doesn't need that big push anymore it's a people buy all this content online so they don't really need the distribution so i think it makes sense i don't know why it makes sense from activision's point of view that's kind of what i'm trying to figure out like why didn't they see out the last two years of the deal yeah that's a good point i I also like what what does it mean in terms of like gameplay because i i personally was just i wasn't too pleased with the first one and the second one was all right i guess i just expect more from bungie like to this day i still can't tell you what destiny is about uh something about a watch or something like i don't know bro uh and then you shoot stuff so it, i'm curious to see will this increase the actual i don't want to say production quality but i guess the uh the writing on the game and will it be more story driven or will it kind of they just still take the same route with the third one what's your thoughts on it ethos um so at first i was kind of worried because then i was thinking in my head i was like wait if you just lost activision i was like how are you gonna fund the third game and i was thinking like mm maybe all the revenue that they had made off the first two allowed them to have a war chest to build the third one independently because originally when i heard the news before i like started digging into it i thought what was happening was they left activision and they were maybe going towards a different publisher i jokingly said it'd be funny if ea acquired it (laughs) (laughs) and that triggered a lot of people because i was jokingly sarcastically saying it'd be funny if their news came out and like after this and then like it's like oh well you know ea has now decided uh has a partnership with bungie um but to hear that they're independent, they're kind of in a similar spot to Warframe, because I think Warframe also, they independently publish Warframe and take mm-hmm. care of everything. Um, I think it's a double-edged sword, too, because I think now they have freedom, but I think now they can't... Bungie can't hide behind the excuse of Activision when like their game doesn't succeed where people feel like it should. Um, I think previously with D1 and D2, a lot of people could ultimately give it kind of a break bungee a break kind of because they would ultimately say activision made them do this like the whole i remember because i played d2 from the beginning all until like recently um but remember like the whole like eververse issue that happened that was the first bigger big did they actually blame activision i must have missed that 
Uh, they didn't blame it, but gamers would. I'm not saying Bungie. No, it's perception, it, basically. Yeah, per- perception-wise, a lot of people who are still fans of the game or fans of Bungie, they would ultimately use the... I'm not saying it's an excuse. I would say it's more of an argument of Activision made them do this. But then I think there was a news article that came out that said that Bungie came up with Eververse and it wasn't Activision in order for them to do... Uh, to, like, reach certain... Um, what is it called? Um, like scale, like our milestones when it comes to like finances or, or revenue. Um, because I guess Bungie couldn't figure out how they were going to like obtain the level that Activision wanted. Um, so they came up with, I would argue, I think no one would disagree is like not a really good system to monetize your game. Um, and then basically they butchered their end game. Um, I don't, I guess now, like, I think what happens is like now we're doing like a wild, wild west situation with Bungie because now basically there is the chance that they might they might go back and become the great memory that everybody recalls back when they were younger. But the also the counter to that is that a lot of the people who worked on the original Halo games, like I, most of them are not at Bungie anymore. Like you have, um, who's it? Marty, uh, Marty O'Donnell. Like, yeah. Like he's gone. He's the composer. He was like one of the main guys. He left. He saw the sink shipping. He, uh, the sink, uh, the, the ship sinking. sinking and he dipped out and then got, you know, the whole legal thing happened with him. Um, and then I think also some other like original Bungie people are gone as well. I don't know where they, I think they went to other studios or they're part of indie studio. I can't recall. I, I got to check again, but I could. So like right now I'm curious, like where the studio is at. Like, I think like the studio has a bunch of people who were originally, like they were devs that were brought in around like reach or D one. And now like they're like higher ups there. Um, it's just, there's, there's a lot of like missing information right now to call that like 100% sure like Bungie will be better for this in the long run um, but like hearing at least that they don't have to deal with Activision at least that like now we can see like really like okay now you have the, sh- the chain the shackles are gone now show us that you you still have the flair and if they make D3 and it doesn't have that flair the thing that everybody believes Bungie can like pull off again then I don't know what happens at that point I don't I, I hope I don't wish that upon them but I think that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what that means for the future for Bungie. So, yeah, and yeah. you got to remember, they're also working on a different game. They got that $100 million investment yeah. from NetEase, like, I think it was during is that for E3. for a new game, or is that to help? <laughs> no, th- th- so, well, originally it was reported as it was for a different game, so I uh-huh. don't know if this was like some Trojan <clears throat> horse shit where they were actually getting money for Destiny for and this stuff was yeah. happening in the background. I, I, I don't think so. I think it, it is for... A new game um yeah and, and when will we see destiny 3 because the other sort of angle on this is that the bungee deal <laughs> with activision i think rounded up in 2020 so perhaps right. they needed the game out by 2020 activision did or else they weren't going to get any of that che- cheese or mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe that's where it fell apart i don't know but yeah it'll be interesting to see if they're now working on two big games yeah, because I remember the whole news about i remember the, all those articles came out about activision wasn't satisfied with the way forsaken performed and I think like maybe that was a starting point for them when they were like, okay, maybe we might split this thing up early. Because I thought it would be weird. I thought they'd at least like just, all right, we'll just finish up 2020. And then I was almost positive. Yeah, like they were not going to continue with partnership with Activision. But to see it break up this early was kind of like, hmm, that's kind of, the timing's kind of weird. Like, I, I, I'm very curious to see. What what's an Activision happen. stable now, now that I think about it? I mean, yeah. they, got, they got Overwatch and then... Wizard. Um, Diablo. Overwatch and then Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch. Oh, I mean, the Di- heroes coming back. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. it's not looking too um, good. Uh, what you think, Jay? 
Yeah. I mean, the relationship was strange from the beginning. I remember when I first heard that they were going to be teaming up with Activision. I was like, oh, no, it's not going to be a good idea at all. Um, I, I think the Activision, uh, even though I'm not, you know, 100% sure, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Activision did ultimately. Um, I, I think it did bring the demise to Bungie and the Destiny franchise because um, Activision, we already know how they treat Call of Duty. And I have a strong feeling that they were trying to treat Bungie and Destiny the, the, uh, the same way. Because I remember when Destiny uh, 1 first came out, uh, it looked totally different than what we thought it was going to be. And then when it came out, we played the demo. We were like, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. I think the Activision had a lot to do with that. Because, you know, Activision loves to uh, do the annual releases. They love uh, pumping out tons of DLC in your face. Um, They love having these crazy deadlines. So I think that they did ultimately, like, just have a lot of influence on how uh, the first Destiny came out. And then I don't think that Destiny 2 was supposed to come out when it did. I think because of all the backlash from Destiny 1, they were like, okay, let's try to start over, bring Destiny 2 out, and then go from there and see how people feel about it. Um, And a lot of people were still upset at that. Like all the Destiny 1 fans, the ones that stuck with it, they were upset with how Destiny 2 was. They didn't like the uh, the RNG system. They didn't like a lot of things about it. Now, I agree that it definitely had, you know, a more clear-cut story in the beginning, but still, once you beat that, it was over and you were ready for the DLC to come out. So it still didn't end up being how everybody thought it was going to be. So they came out with the DLC and they still couldn't maintain the fan base. A lot of people abandoned it. For Overwatch and, and Fortnite, when Fortnite came out, it was pretty much a done deal. So they lost a ton of fan base. And you know how Activision is. If you're not making the money, then they're ready to, you know, get rid of you. So I think that that was a huge influence on this uh, on this ultimate breakup after eight years. The 10-year plan just didn't work. I, I was very upset that they even said that. Oh, I know man. that a lot of us thought that, you know, Destiny 1 was going to be for 10 years. years. But oh. I honestly think it could have been, though. I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened before. I mean, World of Warcraft has been doing it forever. Now, <laughs> given they have come out with expansions, but it's still, like, that franchise. You know what I mean? So I I just think that I I think that they couldn't really deal with the DLC formula. A lot of people weren't expecting them to do that, and I think the Activision ultimately did want Bungie to do that. So I think that with this breakup, I think that Bungie can get back to how they were before because Halo was one of my uh, favorite franchises of all time. So if they could get back to that level, I think that they'll be good. And and like I said, I I didn't really like this Activision thing in the first place. So we'll see how it goes, and I'm I'm excited to see what this other franchise is. Uh, what they have going forward but they can do it i think bungie even if they don't have all of the money to do it i think that they can make something work i think they that they can like get another masterpiece i'm not necessarily looking for destiny 3 uh, but i think that they'll have a lot more control with how it comes out if a destiny 3 does come about very soon yeah and the fans will love it now right without having to qualify it like they don't have to without activision people will i think they'll rally behind bungie in a way they did you know they kind of couldn't before because you knew the evil empire was behind them yeah bungie really cares about their community believe it or not like i used to go on bungie.net all the time just to see the updates and all the lore and stuff for halo what a nerd. But, like once <laughs> but like once it came out i was just like i was like i'm, I'm good i don't i didn't even care to look at uh look at the story for destiny one i could care less about it i just hope that uh there's a little bit more heart put into the product when destiny 3 comes out because i wasn't really into one but i did enjoy two more and like i i, I ended up buying the season pass and y'all know i don't buy no dlc uh and when that first we waited like months for that first piece of dlc to come out and i remember me and ethos were playing and we beat it like an hour and a half and i'm like that's it like and there was nothing to do. I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know about this. So, like, I just hope there's a little bit more heart put into what they're doing. 
because um, it always seems like they're in the headlines for this game. And it'll be interesting to see where the three, free to play. Mm. Yeah, people can't complain if it does go free to play. Yeah, I wouldn't. Can't I wouldn't complain if it goes free to play. I'm curious you to see what this full MMO. That too, yeah, yeah. Like this kind of this whole half MMO thing is weird. I think like I would actually maybe think that Bungie is so sick of maybe Destiny like MMO that they might just make a straight up just regular shooter again. I'm I'm, I'm mm. very curious to see like if like they ever want to touch an MMO. Yeah, like, if they go back to like, Halo. I remember um the strange thing was um what's home dude's name? Uh, the dude who's like the face of Xbox right now. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Right uh, now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah phil spencer um he tweeted he replied to it and he said i'm so excited um uh, to see that bungie's free and something da, 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 of, of with like one of my favorite franchises and then people were like kind of insinuating that like, could he be talking about halo or was he talking about destiny back, yeah. yeah like could they go back to my but it doesn't sound like they'd go back to microsoft because it'd be like you're kind of running into the same situation although i'd say i don't think microsoft's just as bad as activision it wasn't a bad situation but... i didn't think I, I don't think Microsoft's horrible, like but Microsoft up. does do some questionable things. But I do feel like Microsoft for the past year, maybe two years, they've definitely been trying to turn over a new leaf because, yeah, they got destroyed. You don't accidentally acquire seven studios. They must, it must have yeah, been something they, sweet in those they, deals. Yeah, I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, yo, Bungie, fam, what's good? How you doing? You know, we got Halo over here. Is that not a conflict of interest, though, with 343 under them now? I mean, they might combine two, like that, like they could do the same thing like Call of Duty does, right? Like they could make both studios work on the game together, or they could maybe make it where they could release more Halo games, where it'd be like uh, Bungie does one and then Three Three does another one, or maybe they just work together and they collab. Don't give them no Call of Duty ideas. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to stay grounded a little bit. Or they could do like Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, Microsoft Bungie, Microsoft make it like that instead of the <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, man? Either way, I see these stocks have crashed on Activision, so it might be time to invest, fellas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to uh, other shooter news and drama. There's this whole drama surrounding the Overwatch community. This is perfect because we were just talking about Activision. Um, so there's there's this this girl that got picked up by a uh, pro team in Overwatch that went by Ellie. Um, and the original story was that she ended up quitting the team because she was getting harassed and death threats and stuff like that for being a female uh, on the pro circuit, which is always awful. And then it turns out that this Ellie person was never even real. And for what I seen, it was actually a dude who was a Twitch streamer pretending to be a girl. Um, so obviously they left the team. This whole thing started. Uh, now there's this whole conversation around women harassment. And then now the conversation is, does that even matter? Because this dude was just trolling everybody. Uh, Ethos, what you think about all this? Wow, why do you always pick me, dude? Because <laughs> you got the hot... Is your new series on Twitch the hot <laughs> takes on Twitch? Is it yeah, not? Yeah, we're talking about hypotheticals about anime fictional characters. <laughs> Whatever, bro. It's about hypothetical women, isn't it? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Women don't play video games, please. Um, oh, no, my... But, that um, was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> that, wasn't being, that wasn't being serious. That was a joke. <laughs> I have women gamer friends. Anyways, um, this guy. <laughs> oh my lord! Wow. Um, no, uh, this is like literally the most cringy shit I've ever seen ever happen in the community for a very long time. Like it was just as if like it first 
gets reported and you're just like you're you're disappointed but you're not surprised and then it just keeps on going through like a rabbit hole where like conspiracy stuff gets worse and worse and it becomes it's true and then you're just like no way and then you just hear it and you're just like oh my god it's like this can't get worse and it just keeps getting worse there's a there's a couple things that is just like really wrong about this the first one is obviously like harassment no matter what i don't care who you are like it's just wrong there's like, in my opinion, there's really barely any, no excuse I can imagine in my head that would give you a moral imperative to be like, it was okay to harass anybody on the internet. I, I feel like it's, it's childish. It's childish shit in my opinion that, you know, I wish the gaming community would just stop doing. Um, but uh, this whole thing with like, I understand the aspect of, I also feel like this whole idea of um a girl entering into like overwatch's pro community and then i understand that there's this like weight upon like the first like competitive i could have swore there was like another girl that was part of overwatch's like shanghai dragons she was like a zarya player i remember there was like a similar situation to this where um one of the top zarya players was a girl and originally she was getting harassment because people thought she was cheating or something but she wasn't she was in fact that good and she joined the shanghai dragons off of that um even though like that team kind of sucked but um she was really good at the game playing zarya but like in this situation it, it's bad on both ends because like not only his harassment wrong but now like people feel like it's justified based off of this because oh it, she wasn't even real but i also feel like it's even worse on the other end for like women who like seriously like they take this shit seriously because it's like it, it puts this like horrible precedence in the mouth that like why is all this like crazy why does all this crazy stuff have to happen when it comes like when it's involving women like why is it why can't everyone just act normal like we don't really see this happen with like if any i don't even know i can't even name any guy that's like in like overwatch esports the only like esports guy i know that exists is like faker and that's from league of legends just because like he was pretty popular back in the day but like i just i don't i to this day i, I can't understand this whole like fascination about whenever like women become like popular in whatever it is whether it's like esports or development or something like that that like people just go like balls to the wall like crazy upset about it or they like or there's got to be some harassment or there's got to be some sort of controversy involved like why can't it just be like okay cool like this is awesome that this person has joined in here they're great as a player you know and and there's no need to like try to question i, I just don't understand why there has to be the just the idea of questioning that person you know um, belongs there like the, why can't it just like you just accept that they're there i think the most ironic thing about this like whole story and just the toxicity in the overwatch community is if you actually take a look at the game and what blizzard built they built yeah, a wide variety yes. diverse characters and they there's no i don't want to say there's no tolerance but there seems to be a certain section in that community that's just very intolerable and it's like it's like do y'all know what game y'all are playing and also to kind of kind of go back to what you were saying though she's like you don't know any dude i do remember you can remember the one uh the one black dude he was the host and they kept Spam and the black emotes oh, and the twitch they kept oh fucking with him yeah. Oh yeah so i was like so it's not even just a women thing like the overwatch community is just toxic bro i was like i don't, I don't know about this one uh what about you jay um i mean i was ready to go in on a basement dwellers when i first uh heard about this oh story. you were ready to, to warrior yeah, up was, huh yeah, jay I was, yeah. I was ready to go in man and i generally, <laughs> I generally don't uh don't talk about these subjects publicly but yeah. i was ready to go in because this story sucked like when i first heard about it i was like really like we're doing this and it, and the funny thing is like overwatch contenders is like the d league of the overwatch yeah. league so I was like, why do y'all even why care? Do you care? That much? Do y'all even like? I don't even know if the D League, uh, the, uh, if Overwatch. I didn't even know that. Even, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know is. that either. I I didn't even know that they had a, a D League of this. It, it it's the cool. it's the what's that thing in two K? What do you call it? The the combine. 
No, it's not the combine. It would be called the G League in NBA. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Or minor league, league in, in baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, triple A, double A. It's, it's like that. Right. It's just a step under. So I was like, I didn't even know that that existed. So I was ready to go in it. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, after all of the doxing and all the harassment, you found out that it was a fake. I will say these things. First of all, I believe that the team second wind, they should have done their job. And I understand that they apologize, but you should have done your job before you put anybody on the team. Like that's that's number one. A Skype call or something, like yeah, so they can see the person's real. Like <laughs> you got you got catfish. You literally got catfish. <laughs> So, so that's your fault. Taking win, like don't I don't care how good somebody is. I don't care if you're looking at the uh, the rankings or whatever and seeing you know who ends up going up there. Uh, but you can't just put anybody on your team that you don't know. Like you have to do a background check first of all. But second of all, okay, even if the person was a fake, there is no reason why you should be harassing or trying to take it upon yourself if you are not a part of the Overwatch League. If you are not second wind. It is not your job to try to dox the person and try to figure out whether it's a fake or not, because you wouldn't do that with anybody else. But all of a sudden, because this person who all of a sudden got put on the second win team doesn't have their last name in there. That's what made you have the suspicion because you're like, oh, everybody else has their first and last name. Why does Ellie not have their name on there? Like that was crazy that that was the one thing that made them, you know do all this harassment and doxing towards them. So it like it's just ridiculous that in 2019, people still find it upon themselves to still try to gatekeep video games like are we are we still doing this everybody played video games young people old people black people white people men women it does not matter i don't understand why we're still doing this it's a freaking video game so that was just ridiculous so those two things really still piss me off at the end of the day um and then third the people who decided that this was a social experiment yes. again it, it's it's oh not your God. job it's yeah it's not your job you make it worse for people this. you oh, really man. did you really did because I, I understand what you were trying to do you want to make people aware of the situation with uh with people harassing girls and gaming but it still ended up being a terrible thing at the end of the day it ended up being a story that it shouldn't be in the first place so i would just i hate those three things man it, it was really really bad cringy <laughs> Gotta call the bully hunters on these guys. Um, <laughs> any take on it, Danny? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was gracefully uh, on like my birthday weekend when this all happened. So I read oh, the story at the end, and I was like, oh my god! Like usually, when something like this happens, we can sort of have you know an element of a positive takeaway that we've learned something as a community. But just every single bullet point in this story just sucked. Like it's just it sucked, and like then it became this proxy war between like gamer gators fighting i guess like the sgjw journalists and because they reported on the story saying it was a woman when it wasn't and like it's like at the end of the day the people who suffer out of this is the the people that they were supposedly trying to do the social experiment to like show the reality of the situation which is female game players and like it sucked that like we're what were we like three days into 2019 and this story came out it just yeah the whole thing just blows yeah. Um, I, I guess all you can say is we got to do better. We got to do better, especially if we want these games to survive, uh, the esports scene to survive. You don't need all this. You need to focus on playing the goddamn game and stop being extra. Um, speaking of extra, uh, a little, this isn't, I want to call Ooh, it nice drama. Nice this is what I do. This is what I do. Like, <laughs> what's the name? Uh, so the division two is supposed to be skipping, uh, the Steam store, uh, in favor of Epic's news game store. Um, Epic also announced that they will be matching Steam's refund policy, which I believe if you, at any point within the first two hours you plan the game, you can refund the game. 
um, if you don't like it or for whatever reason. Uh, and then also uh, explain this a little bit better for me, uh, Ethos, because you were kind of explaining it before. Like, there's some uh, drama surrounding Unity, so it's a uh, epic is kind of taken over. What were you saying about this one? Uh, okay, this is very complicated. So <laughs> exactly why you're going to explain it. <laughs> I'm going to give the very high level basics of this. If I get, if I, I spent at least two hours reading through all this while I was streaming. Um, so, and I'm not saying I could say something wrong. So, I'm pretty sure people in the chat <laughs> tell us about spatial OS. Yeah, let me tell you about spatial OS. Okay, so I knew about spatial OS as a dev. I mm. actually found out about this. Someone actually shared it with me. I actually knew about it a year ago about this um, software, which is it's pretty crazy. Like it basically can allow for um, huge scaling of multiplayer worlds where you can have like the idea of like thousands of people in one game server on one world simultaneously, and like the cloud will allow the the game world to keep track of all these players simultaneously. So essentially, you can create thousand versus thousand battle or TDM matches like planet side just way crazier and the idea would be is that this online cloud server can potentially prevent your game from crashing and burning having horrible frame rate issues and keep everything up to date without you dealing with a lot of like lagging you know comp- you know lag issues with like position of players and stuff like that um it's basically focused on multiplayer games uh, and it the idea was like it could work on pretty much it uses like sdks and i think gdks but basically it could work on almost every engine uh, biggest things would be like unreal engine it would have worked for unity and cry engine and it also had crass cross-platform uh capability so you could do this with like multiple platforms simultaneously so in theory one of the most innovative things new type of technologies that's been introduced into the gaming sphere in a very long time um a couple games have already used it i know you guys remember when we went to e3 for pc gamers uh, that mavericks um game PUBG. i mean uh, uh, mavericks um the thousand Battle people Royale online game. one yeah that's using the system um i think there's some others as well i just can't remember off the back of my head oh there's another one called uh i think it was called like scavengers or something it was the i think it's being made by the people who worked on halo 5 and some other people they're also using the system basically if you want to make a big open world game with a ton of players playing in it this is like a godsend basically that to let you like actually make these ideas reality um so in a nutshell what had happened was was quietly behind the scenes months before after like this thing had been out and running unity privately got in contact with improbable which are the people who made this OS, uh spatial os and stated that in one shape or form the way that they the way that spatial os works kind of breaks their ul u or eu la um basically like their terms of service with how the product functions with unity um improbable said no we feel like we're in the right there's a lot of technical jargon there again i'm not going to go into the deeps of it i just i please i I would ask that you just research it and please look into it if you want to know the details of it basically got into a little fight about that and then ultimately they were like okay we're gonna have to take legal action against this so because of that then we had recently where unity had updated its um eu's la basically it was broad but they were specifically trying to target um spatial os and tell and basically make it where like unity devs could not use spatial os with like unity because they felt like it it, it violated the license unity license the way that it works with um I'm with that but mind you in the same time unreal engine doesn't have an issue with it and uh cry engine also i don't think they said they've had any issue with it so that's the first part okay so what happened was uh, so onto that first part, and probably made a blog about this and and base and made these accusations, and that's when the news first started to pop up. All right, now update two, 
Basically, Unity responded to them and said that Improbable's blog was inaccurate and incorrect. And also Improbable also stated that maybe in certain aspects, they felt like they were maybe in the wrong, but they felt overall that they were justified in what they were doing and that Unity was cracking down. There was kind of a bit of the way that Unity screwed up was they were very generic in their announcement that it could be insinuated by the writing of the new terms of service that basically any type of cloud server used like uh, Amazon's AWS or any type of cloud servers you use, which basically multiplayer games use to create dedicated servers. So when you play a dedicated server, most of them, most AAA games use AWS, which is Amazon or another type of service. Basically, you could not use those with Unity. That's what some people seem to insinuate based off of reading what the new terms of service was. Unity came out and said, no, 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 no. This isn't really about that. All these things Like we weren't thinking specifically like all those things. And, we're, and the idea was, is that well, if my game's already out there in the wild and I'm using Unity, this UCL as UCLA would basically, uh, EULA would basically, um, remove my ability to use cloud servers, which essentially mean if I have a multiplayer game and it's currently on market, basically you couldn't play the game because like it wouldn't be able to run on the servers. Um, then Unity was like, no, that's not the case. That's inaccurate. Um, you will be able to use AWS and these other services. Fine. Um, any sort of like generic cloud instances, any service that's fine. That's covered by the EULA. They were specifically saying they were trying to target, um, um, improbable and that they talked to them a couple months ago about them violating and, and writing and improbable didn't really like, they didn't take it seriously. So now they were trying to take action. Then now we move to update three, <laughs> epic being- You did a great job, by the way, you did a great <sighs> job. Okay, so I'm, so far I'm being pretty accurate. accurate. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to update three, epic, which created Fortnite being the Colossus they are, which I feel, I, I, I have to say, I might have some bias towards Epic because I personally feel like I've, I've been to Epic a couple times, Epic Games a couple times, so laying We're that flex, bias out but there, okay. I, I'm just trying to keep, I'm trying to keep- Just show them your monitor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to keep level with you guys. Um, Epic then created a $25 million fund, basically stating that any developer who basically would be screwed over by this new policy could they would help fund them to get to to move their assets and everything else to a brand new engine not necessarily ue4s even though they were insinuating basically like come to unreal engine 4 we have the guap over here or basically they um they expanded and said any engine um, that allowed for open, the, the guys are going under was like open, uh, development policy, which would let you use this tool, which was improbable. Again, one of the other issues that kind of caused, caused a little bit of controversy about this is because they teamed up with improbable, which are the guys who worked on spatial OS. So now it looks kind of shady on the aspect of, well, you're literally funding, trying to get rid of competition to leave your competitor in order to make them jump over to your platform by yeah. giving them literal money funding money in order to do this so it gets into this very like gray area where it's like a lot of like corporate sabotage is going on here and we're just like i don't know how to feel about this it's like on one end it's like i see like why people would be very concerned based on what unity wrote but if unity's telling the truth is this just like a like a like a just a, a mess up like a, just a slip up that they did or they didn't really think it all the way through when they publicly did it and they should have been more specific like maybe unity's being unjustifiably like vilified right now or maybe they really were gonna go like pretty bad and now they're trying to like walk back on it so like there's a lot of things that are still up in the air like this will like keep moving forward but uh, I don't know. I, I, I follow Tim Sweeney. He's like the CEO of Epic Games. Really smart dude. Says a lot of great stuff, like great points and topics on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, like Epic has a lot of money now. And so this sets a kind of a weird precedent now to say like, 
you know, what happens next, you know, how powerful Epic is now and like, what does this mean for the future when it comes like to game development? Um, are you trying to say they're lying the groundwork to, uh, run Valve up out of here? Uh, uh, see this, this, oh man. And this doesn't even count with the store and everything and like this. Um, I am going to be an analyst and predict that maybe probably in the next five years, Unreal might actually take down Valve and become number one. Maybe, maybe. Depends mm. on a couple things. Um, I, I, I definitely think they smell blood in the water and they're going for it. Like the, Val- the, the, yeah. the, 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 I mean, we'll get to it later probably. But the the the, the store stuff is is one hundred percent shot across Valve. the bow of Steam. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they only Steam takes thirty three percent from the uh, the creator. I think the Epic Store where they yeah. said like ten or something like that. It's like way lower or something like that. Yeah, yeah um, Steam, Steam takes like an unbelievable, unbelievable cost. Like and and there's been lots of uh, like I remember I, we'll get to him probably later too. But I remember Randy Pitchford getting in a lot of trouble years ago for for calling that out. Like uh, it, it became like flat, very, right? Like it was like a yeah. Very, Developers yeah. were very silent about telling like why they like contract wise something they wouldn't say what the amount was. But yeah, they weren't allowed. Too. I think for the longest yeah. time. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing. Any game sold on Steam, and obviously then there are things like Itchio, right? Where like obviously they're they're actually lower than the 12 percent or whatever the Epic say they're going to take off their store. Um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, Valve's thing was that they were untouchable. It's like that's like post capitalism. Once you're that big, and once there's nowhere, no one that's anywhere close to the size that can operate, yeah, operate at that economies of scale, then you're then you're fine. It just so happens that the you know the flossing game has made uh, <laughs> Epic like the richest company in the world overnight. That and obviously the, all the partnerships they have overseas. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's so it looks like they're the ones to do it and. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I think we're gonna have a very interesting couple of years with, between the two of them, and it's crazy because it's like the people who made Half Life and the people who made Unreal Tournament, yeah. and it's 2019, 20 years later, and we're they're still at it. The positive. What if this forces Valve to make Half Life Three? Like they have to do it now. Eric Wolfbach <laughs> just got rehired. Like, yeah. So I mean, so like, what if they're that threatened and they're like, okay, at this point, something crazy right now. At this point, Half Life Three coming out, I it, it's no way it can win in my opinion. Oh, oh, yeah, people have been no waiting way. so long, you can't live up to the expectations. So yeah. oh, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, but I think this is very curious because, like, this this is like I'm not gonna lie. Like, Epic, their top business people, they are playing very like surgical on this. Like, they are hitting Valve from multiple angles. Like, they're hitting developers. Next thing, the only thing, the only thing Valve, right? I mean, I'm sorry. The only thing Epic has to figure out right now is the consumer side because the consumer side is very iffy right now about. Um, Epic Game Store, of course, they're going to complain about, oh, I got to download another launcher, but they already have four launches on their thing. So mm. it's like, what's one more? But like you, me and you, TBH, were just talking about when I just said, oh, yo, uh, Epic just gave away a free game and I just downloaded it on their browser. So it's like, you know, they're right now, they're laying a lot of like goodwill down right now to be like, yeah. oh, like I-, I can say this as an indie developer, like Valve has been ever since like, I know people hate Fortnite. I understand it's it's it has caused a lot of rift and a lot of upset. But I will say, it has done a lot of good. Um, not only is it like made gaming very very publicly um, like uh, accessible, and now like you know like positive. families are playing together. Yeah, and positive. Like it did bring a positive aspect outside of like all the memes and the the animation stealing and stuff, the dance stealing and stuff. But like another thing is like behind the scenes i'm pretty sure a lot of indie developers can say especially like ue ones like they have given a crap ton of money to like help indie developers make games and like help fund them like their grant is like really generous uh um generous compared to like a lot of other grants but because fortnite has become so big um 
they've been able to invest more money in their engine. More money in their engine means they're able to fix a lot of the issues the engine had, but also add brand new features to the engine for free. Another big example of this would be like their crossplay system that they built for Fortnite. They're now like, oh yeah, 2019? Yeah, for uh, we're just gonna give it to you guys for free. Here, you wanna figure out how to get crossplay working on multiple, on all the major big three? You can use this system and use it for any of your games. And we'll show you how to scale it and we'll give you documentation and you can do it. Like stuff like that, I would say, last gen that would have been a pipe dream like i never would have imagined like development could become that like open and i i feel i i feel like tim sweeney is i feel like he's genuine and open to the fact that i really believe he his his goal is to really try to make game development way more open um so that everybody can make games and, and not really like lock away how like gaming has always been where it's been always closed platforms and closed ecosystems i feel like he's been really trying to push that and he's been trying to force it by using epics like basically their 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 big stick basically and smacking people in the head like they did to sony they smacked sony in the head um and made them uh basically um allow them to do cross play so i feel like it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of years like it, i would have said i think we all would have said maybe a couple of years ago that the idea of cross playing all platforms together would have been like a pipe dream impossibility but who knows man like by 2025 it might actually become reality who knows so. Mm. what's the name do you think that ubisoft has enough pool to actually influence other uh like creators and uh, publishers to bring their games to the epic yes. store like there's the who, domino who would have thought, yeah. thought they would leave steam all out yeah it's, it's a money thing right like yeah. how many copies of that game are they gonna sell and you, you caught 15 15 or whatever it is like that's like that's, that's an incredible amount of revenue that they're throwing away so i guess it's 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 the worry right we're doing a documentary series on hades super giant's new game and uh like one of the biggest things we keep reading uh from commenters but on our youtube video and on their stuff is like oh wait for it to come out on steam which is completely valid right absolutely right. so i wonder with the division like are they going to say it's coming out in steam in six months if they say it's coming out in a month is anyone going to buy it on the epic store if they don't say it and or they make it ex an exclusive on pc for a while or something like what's that going to do it's that this whole thing is crazy and like with, with with epic then adding stuff like you know the 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 ability to get refunds and things like that they're trying to address the issues that are stopping people from buying into the epic store um and who knows like in six months time this whole situation might look totally different mm. hello our new overlords yeah epic is moving fast like they're moving very really fast. really fast with this store stuff like i would have never imagined that they they would already be addressing everything that uh that made people hate steam in the first place um but i will say this like i never thought that steam was like terrible in a situation mm -hmm. like I, I know that it, you know it's there and it's been there for a while and they're pretty much the big dog uh, on the pc side of things but i never really thought of them as the bad guy until like a couple of years ago, years ago? When, yeah. yeah when everybody started complaining about like the refunds and the whole uh green light system that they, they became had. complacent that was the problem yeah i don't right? think they have yeah. bad intentions they just come across like they don't give a fuck they yeah, don't care. It, they screw over indie games. Like the discovery system is horrible. You guys remember all the shovelware that was on Steam? There was like yeah, no yeah. curation. It just it it, like I can't even yeah, recall. If you if you think about it, for the past couple years, I can't really recall the last time I heard like really positive news coming out of Steam. Like anytime Steam became a very big topic on like news wise, article wise, it was always because of something negative happening. Whether it was like review bombing. Seems like um, the, people don't even care about Steam sales anymore. Like, <laughs> no, Steam, Steam sales don't matter anymore. Like we already <laughs> bought all the games. We I remember when that was an event when we first started PC gaming. Like yeah. nobody really seemed to care. Anymore. Doesn't matter. It was giving away games for free. Like, it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, 
They're oh. a really weird company, like like structurally the way they operate. That like people don't really have job titles. They sort of float between different. I mean, they float between rooms. All their desks are on wheels, and they 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 basically like work on whatever projects you want to work on, right? That's why there's been like maybe two or three different uh, you know goes at Half Life Three that we've never actually seen. Like so, th- the problem is is that a lot of the like ugly work that nobody wants to do doesn't get done, which is why they keep automating things. Like they automated reviews, they automated feedback, they automated uh, the curation. Process process with green light and like as we're seeing in like the hellscape that is the internet in 2019 like you can't automate you need humans involved in moderating online communities and in in moderating online stores and in doing these things like we knew these rules 15 years ago but we're trying to get algorithms to do all the work for us and like i think steam is a really good example of a software system that everyone was super bought into and really happy about and because they just took their hand off the like steering wheel it just kind of sucks now yeah i don't know what the climate will be because i feel like steam as far as the pc community even though i feel like we're a little bit smarter uh i know that's where the, like the elitist thing comes in as far as like a loyalty to things but i don't know i don't know if people will be so willing to leave steam because steam has just always mm-hmm. been there that will be interesting to see like how many people are like will be willing to switch over to the epic game store like because i feel like they're doing they're already doing like above and beyond what i thought that they would be doing in only a couple of months to uh to like actually get like some big hitters on their store not just like the little indie games that nobody cares about like they're going after the big triple a companies and they're getting these games to say uh getting these companies to say hey here. yeah i'm gonna come over to epic i'm not even going to uh go to steam i don't need to go to steam because i feel so confident in my game and i don't even want to deal with that cut that they're going to do or anything yeah. else that will come over with being on steam so it's going to be very interesting but i think like with this division thing um even though like i after the division one i wouldn't say that people are necessarily excited about the division two but that's still interesting that ubisoft is is saying hey we're just going to put it on the epic game store and we're not going to go on steam at all so if other companies will do that which i have a feeling that they will it's going to be very very telling what happens in like the next few months mm-hmm. like, bet yeah. you rockstar might definitely go for it like rockstar they love money they definitely put it on like epic compared to steam they're like wait we get we get wait how much less okay bet all right we're going to rockstar make like pc a... games anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> what? yeah they're just, they're just delayed we gotta wait right. five years but we'll, we'll get red dead eventually um but i i think jj the thing that you're saying too is like i find i find that it's like a little hypocrisy as a person who man jesus christ i'd say years ago was oh my god all pc and, and stuff and now like i just don't care anymore um one of the hypocrisies i think of that whole thing is like the whole thing a lot of them would say especially like pc hardcore pc gamers would say is like you know we're not loyal to a company we're not loyal to sony we're not loyal to microsoft you know we're an open platform but then like they literally will like not pick and they won't encourage competition and they won't encourage supporting a new platform because they've been so stuck with steam for so long that they don't that they try to act like it's steam or riot it's steam or we're not buying it but i think um with all this news that epic's actually listening that they're adding stuff like reviews that they're adding stuff like refunds when they're adding all these things it's like how many excuses will you have to keep saying until ultimately you have to acknowledge that maybe you 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 have some bias of loyalty towards steam and valve you've been using it so long that you're afraid of change but i feel it's like it's good that's the one thing i love about pc pc's always pushed like competitions always pushed um and the idea of openness and to allow people to like try brand new things and to experiment and not be locked away in like a closed ecosystem so um i feel like as long as epic continues trying to be as transparent as possible and they continue to try to push for openness and not locking things down to just their platform but instead they give people the options to do that or and open up the internet more of crossplay um i'm fine with our new corporate overlords 
What's her name? <laughs> I, you know what I think would convert over the uh, super neckbeard PC gamers is if uh, <laughs> they if, if Epic announces that their uh, their their client only uses like 05 percent of your CPU because you know Steam <laughs> Steam uses like two to five percent of your CPU just being on. If they're like, yo, we only have 05 percent of your uh, uh, CPU with our client, uh, I guess I could try the Epic Store because you gotta get that little <laughs> gotta get that extra power out of your CPUs. I, I guarantee it combined with the refund and the games coming. I bet you that. That'll yeah. bring them over. Optimize the money client. back in Bitcoin, you know? <laughs> facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> um, some uh, Smash Bros. news. Uh, some DLC characters. This is just a rumor. Uh, some new characters are rumored to be coming to the game. Um, what's the name? I, I think the, real, the the big name that everybody's going crazy over is uh, Ryu. Uh, Habuza from uh, Ninja Gaiden. And then there were some weird ones. Uh, like Steve from Minecraft. I guess the Minecraft story. What the hell? Doom guy. Uh, and then Edric from Dragon's Quest. Um, this is like, this is coming from Reddit. None of this is confirmed. Uh, I, I think it would be cool to see Ryu in the game. Does anybody have any comments on this? Uh, Doom guy was pre- yeah. I just want Doom guy. Doom guy was pretty cool. He was in a uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater three on PC. I remember there was a, a cheat code to get him in there. But how would you even play Doom guy in Smash? Like, what's his? Meta? I wonder if he'd be too violent for Smash. <laughs> <laughs> what is his recovery? Does he just shoot down and boat boost into the air? Like, what? How does that work? Like, they would have to give him some moves that like we've never seen before. But they, I mean, they can make it work. I mean, make snake work. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, he has to have a shotgun. Just that's violently like just rips through everybody in Smash Bros. Turns it into a rated M game. Like <laughs> this same rumor claims that a uh, Doom guy would be announced at E3 because uh, they're supposed to be showing uh was it Doom Eternal again at E3 and supposedly that would be like the side announcement. But just crossed it over. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, well, he's just Smash too. Like, Nobody really knows because Reddit, you know, it's. Does Bethesda have any like prior stuff with Nintendo? I guess they do. They've released all their games on Switch, right? Yeah, like over the yeah. past two years. So yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, they added the Zelda stuff into Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Some, I think there's something else. They've done a lot of, like... Oh, you're right, yeah. We're digging deeper, okay. It has Ganondorf in it, so yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So, I mean, look out for that. None of it's true, but it's it's interesting <laughs> nonetheless. Just wanted to put that out there because I know we got some Smash fans that listen to the show. Um, this one was actually pretty interesting to me, depending on if you even care about streaming. So, CES uh, happened this past week, um, and NVIDIA revealed that their new line of RTX cards, which is the 2060, 2070, and 2080, have a chip built into them specifically designed for encoding uh, live streams. Um, and what it does basically is you can do it right now, but like, uh, with OBS where you can basically take some of the encoding and offputting onto the GPU, but there's, there was never any like specific part of the GPU designed for this. So then it would actually take away from your gaming performance if your PC wasn't powerful enough. Now, like there's, they're revealing there's an actual chip inside of these RTX cards designed specifically for encoding so that it won't take away from your gaming experience and it'll offput the, um, the load from your CPU so that your PC would just be able to run better and you could be able to stream from one computer. So for those of you who don't know, a lot of the top streamers who uh, play these high-end games, they stream from two PCs. They have one PC specifically for streaming, beaming the image, and then the other one for playing the game. And that's how they're able to play like these high-end games on Twitch, such as uh, like Battlefield 5, because I cannot stream that game um, or any of these freaking Frostbite games. So I th- this is kind of like big news if you're trying to get into this business uh, and you don't want to have a two-build uh, two uh, setup. Um, and you're looking to build a PC, definitely look into the RTX line. Um, Jay, you just got to 28. 
Uh, well, I just actually, I just bought one. Uh, I paid. How much did you call? How much did you pay? Uh, my bank account hurts. Uh, it was like seven hundred dollars, but it was Ooh. it was on sale because normally it's like a thousand, I think, or something like it that. It depends on what card it is. You got the yeah. Asus line, so it was cheaper. Yeah, it was a little bit cheaper. Um, you you've had your twenty eighty for a while. What's your experience with it? Just? I did, did twenty seventy, but 20, uh, um, okay, broke boy. But, but <laughs> I, I kind of wish I would have got the 2080 now, but uh, but it, you know I, I didn't want to wait. But um, I've had great experience. I've been able to uh, to stream in NVNC. Uh, generally, whenever you stream using that codec, your stream does not look as good, and that's why a lot of people weren't using it. And again, like you mentioned, it didn't really have like a significant uh, difference on your CPU usage um, overall or your your overall um, usage, but. Um, I'm happy to say like with my RTS card, it's, it's like night and day. Like I can stream Battlefield with no problem, even though I, I already could, but it was still choppy. Like I have no choppiness. It actually looks way, way cleaner. Like I've noticed people say when I was streaming Battlefield, uh, last, what, yeah, last week and when I first got my card, they were like, yo, this game looks beautiful. And I was like, yeah, like it, it really does look like that while i'm playing it i know that you know sometimes the image isn't exactly the same when you're streaming it compared to when you're looking at it in person but now they can like really see they can see a better image of like how good that these games look so i can say that like i have no problem streaming these games now like i don't lag at all and the game in my actual image um overall stream quality looks way better so i can say that it works okay okay danny you into streaming yeah, I mean, I I kind of uh, always have been over the past like, eight years or so, like back in the day, trying to do like you know TV card shit because I was a huge fan of that. The reason I wanted to get into games is because when Gamespot used to stream their weekly show on the spot, I used to watch it in Ireland. I'd stay up till midnight to watch it. So uh, I've always I've always loved the stuff, um, and I do some streaming here, and I mostly do it from one PC, uh, and I do struggle a bit. I'm just really happy that Nvidia are like once again focusing on like the people who deserve to have the technology like that this i mean i mentioned the bitcoin thing as a joke earlier but like that totally screwed the market for people who care about like playing video games and people who care about streaming so i'm really like i'm just happy that a company is actually like i don't know doing right by that community and putting in stuff that actually might benefit them and not just something that'll line their pockets Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the uh the update i was talking about because it's a collaboration between nvidia and obs so it's hardware and software uh they said obs said that that update should be coming uh late january so that's why i ended up picking one it was like a sign it was on sale and then they said this update's coming at the end of the month i was oh. like all right i'm due for an upgrade i guess <laughs> i guess i can go on a ramen noodle diet for the rest of the month um What's the name? So yeah, if you're looking to build a PC, I definitely would suggest looking into the RTX line and you want to, you want to stream because it looks like they're finally starting to innovate, uh, on that front with the GPUs. Um, I'm actually like Ethos take the floor on this one, uh, cause you wanted to talk oh. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's let Danny, let's let Danny talk about it. This whole gearbox, <laughs> I mean, I read about it, but like, I feel like I can't explain it that well. This whole gearbox lawsuit thing going on. What, what's going on with this, man? You want me to take it? Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Take the floor. All right. Okay. Two rich white guys are having a fight in public. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so basically what's happened is Brandy Pitchford, who's the CEO of uh, Gearbox, he founded it donkeys years ago back when they were making, I believe the first thing they made was the first expansion pack of the first Half-Life. So it was 1999. Um, he's a very wealthy dude. He still runs that company. He's still in there every day. Uh, there's basically a lawsuit between him and his ex-lawyer, and he's essentially uh, saying that Pitchford uh, like embezzles twelve million dollars of Gearbox's uh, revenue. Um, the sort of uh, uh, I guess the like ugly 
trimmings on this story is is the frankly bizarre way in which uh, a lot of this information sort of uh, came out back when they were, this is a lawsuit that's been filed so it's it's basically referencing a lot of allegations that happened in the past uh, one of the things that was alleged in this was that randy was sort of like slapdash with company secrets and that he left a usb stick at a medieval times um that was found by one of the waiting staff there who accessed it and on it was a bunch of uh, secret uh, gearbox um uh, information including games that hadn't been announced at that time um but <laughs> now i'm realizing why I'd, why you thought should have taken this one and i've thrown myself on the know, grenade go ahead what was the other thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly why i wasn't gonna say that <laughs> so the other thing that was on it uh he alleges okay the lawyer alleged was was essentially underage pornography so so pedophilic content which is a, a pretty that's can't stress enough allegedly allegedly <laughs> yeah so yeah alleged, he's innocent until proven guilty in the court of law so what's happened since and what's what's been quite bizarre about this whole thing is kind of like the other story we had earlier about the the um the epic unity nonsense is that like this whole thing played out again in public on twitter over the course of like a couple of hours uh so what happened was jason schreier sort of first from kotaku first broke this story then there was some like the voice of claptrap who now i believe is the head of um i want to say some sort of gaming department on rooster teeth um basically said it's it's true yeah he tweeted it's true not referring to what specifically he was you know commenting on um randy pitchford then basically came out with a sort of a a, like an almost like an alexander hamilton sort of like uh excuse which was i didn't that's not what was on the usb it was not pornography what it was was a woman doing a magic trick with her vagina Um, (laughs) <laughs> so, so I don't, if you don't know Randy Pitchford, Randy is in the magic circle. He is a bona fide magician. He is friends with like Penn and Teller and all the biggest magicians in the world. He's mad into his magic. Um, what he's saying is that the video that he had was basically a video of a like like a young girl. He like is not underage, uh, essentially doing like uh, female ejaculation. But he was saying it wasn't actually that. It wasn't actually porn. It was a magic trick of a girl doing female ejaculation my political my career in politics is fucked now by the way (laughs) Um, so so that's what he said and he he came out like very defensive obviously as he would be i imagine about the whole thing saying like i have kids like this is fucked up and it's 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 like he said they're alleging that the sort of the wording that was in the um allegations was it uses like you know commas in it or uh, uh, quotation marks and he know he's saying that basically they were using legalese to try and insinuate that randy was a pedophile in the court of public opinion but that Jeez. actually that's not the case yeah so it's it's completely it's bananas yeah and i i know some people who work at gearbox apparently that they're all very upset and angry about the whole thing um obviously randy's aired his grievances on twitter pretty publicly um and yeah it's just like in a week of really weird stories in the gaming industry it was just like the most it's fucked up cherry, cherry on, top. on the top right yeah. so here's the question though i guess that actual people on the ground would actually care about do you think this would impact gearbox at any at, at any point or, or not gearbox yeah gearbox and more specifically i guess what gamers really only care about how does this impact borderlands 3 yeah i don't i don't like the, the gear if if worst case scenario sorry i say worst case if if i only if if randy pitchard is guilty and that's not worst case like then 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 absolutely like throw the book at him and if he loses that job and he's out of there like 
Gearbox is a much larger company than it was like two or three years ago. They have a massive studio in Canada now, as basically every developer in the US does. Yeah. Um, it's like your holiday home in the Hamptons now for game developers. Everyone's got something going on up in Vancouver. Um, fire. I want to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Place is really nice. Like they apparently have like three. I, I interviewed him like two months ago, by the way, in Dallas, and uh, they have like three different projects I think going on. Like I'm, I'm sure they have a Duke project going on. I'm sure they have the next Borderlands going on, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have another Brothers in Arms going as well. Like I'm hearing this first right here. That's <laughs> like I. They're operating at that scale. Like they're not working on one game. They're working on a bunch. So we'll, we'll, we'll see in the next couple of years. Yeah, exactly. And I think like they also have a lot of people who work there for a long time. They tend to keep people. The Dallas development scene. It's basically them. Uh, id software is like maybe two miles down the road in richardson and that's kind of it like there's not really many other people there so they tend to keep people so i think they're like a really clever studio i think this thing like ultimately this is like a civil case it's 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 spat over money uh i think this is you know the lawyer throwing as much dirt around as possible the type of case that you try and get a settlement out of i don't think randy's going to play ball he actually was in a only in a uh story like what was it two months ago where there was this story about how he was actually embezzled out of like two million dollars yeah, like i remember that yeah yeah like like what like what operate like level of wealth are these people operating yeah. at or everyone's just like, embezzling people was it wrong that i just immediately scratched me i was like they were just gonna give him 12 million dollars as a bonus like right in the gaming industry we're just dropping that amount of money that that easily that type of money is crazy too just because yeah. after what happened with struggleborn like they definitely need the money so that's yeah. what i thought that's great i don't know if this is just perception of just being a gamer but it's i, I would have felt that like after struggleborn <laughs> had basically <laughs> flopped and i feel like they spent a lot of money on that game developing it and and marketing it and overwatch just destroyed it I would have thought that they would have been in more like precarious like situation because then they did what like pay attention to the books more basically yeah like aliens colonial marines was like oh man that was a major yikes in the last i guess they were just feeding off of borderlands they released at least like five three different versions of borderlands recently like the vr version on ps4 um they did a vita version of borderlands 2 what else did they do they did, they did a couple of borderlands they released. published a lot of stuff recently too they've gotten yeah. into publishing for the first time and oh that's right yeah. remember citizen i forget a bunch of games came out last year where that had um gearbox written on i guess homeworld i think they they bought as well recently so maybe they have a homeworld um, and then a friend of mine uh, johnny vignocchi has recently just joined gearbox as a as an ep on a new uh thing as well i don't know what that is but like so it seems like they have a lot of irons in the fire i don't know if they also got some of this you know japanese chinese money that's that's flying it's into flying american out. studios at the moment yeah, but, yeah yeah i don't know i i like ultimately i think this court case is just going to be one of those things that goes on forever that we probably don't hear about until there's a settlement at the end right. or somebody loses um but yeah i mean i just more than anything else i just hope the allegations aren't true and if they are true i hope the the, the right course of justice is followed because that, that that stuff is obviously like super fucked up yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. only time will tell when this one plays out mm. uh jay actually i'm gonna let you take the floor on this one uh amazon's launching a game uh streaming service uh what you know about this let the people know so yeah, this is the new wave now. You already have Google announced theirs. You have Microsoft announced theirs. You even have EA announced theirs. So now, I mean, why wouldn't Amazon do it, right? So, uh, so Amazon's coming out with a new, well, allegedly, because they still haven't formally announced it yet, but apparently they're going to come out with a new video game streaming service. Uh, we don't know anything about it, but, uh, 
uh, basically they're just on the wave now so we are going to see like what type of resources that they're going to have which i'm sure that they have a ton of resources probably infinite resources but uh, i mean this is a new wave in gaming people i mean we're going to see a lot of video game streaming services but i think that this time we had a technology and we have the bandwidth to actually hold it together because we've seen a lot of flops um earlier in the years and nobody really had the bandwidth to support streaming an actual video game let alone streaming it at at least 720 at the least so we're going to see here but uh this is definitely interesting that amazon wants to get into the video game streaming service as well because they've already um had their studio so they're trying to actually produce games as well so um we're going to see like if anybody catches on board which i'm sure they will, uh, probably won't have any problem getting any studios on board too for the for the video game streaming but we'll see what happens when they actually like make a formal announcement if this is 100 true which most likely it is i think for this streaming stuff to succeed it's going to come down to the the business practices like the, the whole pricing structure for the sony the playstation what is it playstation now that shit sucks uh yeah. we, we don't know what google is doing and then with this amazon we don't know what they're doing either like if it's not something like the xbox game pass where i get access to like a large library of games because i already feel like i'm inconveniencing myself by streaming the game because at any point if my internet cuts off i can't play the game it's like what's the point of even streaming the game like what's the benefit of me streaming the game over me just getting the disc or downloading it straight to my console and uh playing it from the hard drive uh there, there's got to be some type of benefit and i feel like the pricing is where they can yeah. start now, um, i know they google um whenever they announced their service project stream they wanted to make it specifically for like the content creators and streamers they want to basically just take all of the hardship and again it kind of goes back to the nvidia thing they want to take all of the hardship off of your cpu and and put it on the cloud or if you don't even have a good pc at all a powerful pc like uh like some of us do then you can still play these games at at least 720p and and you can you know stream as well if you want to so that's that's really what i feel like a lot of them are trying to go towards they're trying to go towards the streamer and the content creator who doesn't really have all that money to build a beefy pc to even play these games man look nba 2k servers run off of amazon servers i don't trust them <laughs> you know they got some of the worst servers in the gaming community bro you got any take on this day <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if like much of amazon's uh, you know investments in the gaming industry have like paid off for them yet necessarily like they what was there is it lumberyard is the name of their engine like that's yeah. sort of th- seems to not have that had mmo looks awful success. too right they, i i i think like even like they're purchasing of twitch like i'm not really sure if that was the slam dunk like uh, the, the the feeling i get was that like maybe it's not making them as much money as i mean because we're talking about amazon here like it's a trillion 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 dollar company like the sort of it's the same problem activision has right they need destiny 2 to make an absolute shitload of money it can't just be profitable so like i wonder like what the play is here like are they uh, the only thing i can think is that maybe the future televisions are just gonna have this stuff baked in you know what i mean like now we just hit that youtube button on our tv remote and it just pops up and maybe the the streaming stuff is just there baked into your tv and you just have like a bluetooth controller or something i don't know that'd be interesting yeah maybe yeah that would definitely be cool but i mean once again only time can tell all this is just speculation uh (laughs) ethos what what the hell did you want to talk about this damn resident evil 2 demo for Oh, I didn't think you would put it on here. Uh, <laughs> All right, let me delete that. Hold on. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a podcast. Check out. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's literally all I got on my show notes. Yeah, then I guess uh, unless anybody wants to add anything to the conversation before we wrap it up, uh, I had a question for you guys. If you don't mind me asking, go ahead. Go for it. If uh, if there was any, I don't get out of my little 
basement in Maryland all that often uh, to talk to people about what we're doing. If there was any like game you'd like to see a documentary on, what would it be? Mass Effect. Which one? Like the old, all like the good the, ones? Uh, no, all of them. But I okay. would definitely be interested in Andromeda. I think a lot of people would be interested in Andromeda. But uh, I'd yeah, definitely be curious to see like the inception of Mass Effect One, like what, how they came up with creating that universe. I think that'd be really cool. Cool. I, actually, you know what? I would like to know like what happened to the NBA NFL Street Series. Oh yeah, like EA Big was- basically, like one on EA Big. They were massive in the UK as well because we had FIFA Street, um, and that was like I'm not, I'm not sure how popular soccer streets. No, nah, FIFA Street was popular over here too. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Those games were great. That was like back when EA were making some, doing some interesting stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can did I change do, my answer? Did you do a Hellblade? People made Hellblade. Oh yeah. Oh that. I I feel like somebody did they do their own one? I, I think like I've seen a documentary on one too. Yeah. yeah. They it was yeah they like did the, it was a dev diary basically yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, I know this one's gonna be tricky, but um, near Automata, I, I'm pretty sure people would die to see something behind the scenes of that. But um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you talked about it with um when you did Final Fantasy 14s, which was really good. You said like it was very difficult sometimes for Japanese devs to like get them to talk about more of the behind the scenes on stuff because they're more, I guess, secretive about that process. But yeah, they're kind of like yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't even think. I think you're right in saying secretive, but not in the sort of Western way, like the sort of conniving way. Like they're just more yeah. kind of humble about their work. Yeah. Um, the big one I've been trying to do forever is something with From Software. It's why I played Bloodborne yeah. and Dark Souls last year. Um, and they like straight. Up, I talked to them about it, and they straight up said like, you know, it's we think it's cool that people are interested in this, but like we kind of like the mystery. So it's kind of not part of our necessarily studio culture to to really kind of open the doors like that. So I don't know, but near it might be a different story like that. The sort of what's happened at that studio over the past yeah. you know five years is super interesting. Yeah. I'd say another one would be um, this is probably more for my personal enjoyment. But um, if you do one about a, a game that Epic was working on, it was called Paragon. <laughs> you know that would be pretty interesting. That I'm not gonna lie. Someone was actually willing to talk to you because yeah. they might be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that, I pick up a lot of money, but apparently the Paragon server is gone. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, um, maybe Rockstar because they're always so secretive as well. Like anything that Rockstar has created. Yeah, I'd love to do something on like 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 uh, Red Dead or or and uh, there's a whole other aspect of that with the sort of studio culture stuff, which I feel like we don't really have an honest insight into. It's sort of a lot of he says she says. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to do that. But they are notoriously like them and Valve are the notoriously difficult ones to get access to. Yeah, um, I, even I when I was at Gamespot, you know. Yeah, I um, is the stream still? Are we still like recording? Or yeah, 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 it's still going. Yes, man. <laughs> I'll wait till after. I have another one. I actually might be able to. You want anybody to steal your idea? What? No, not steal. Not steal. It's just the person that I might recommend today. I don't want them to publicly, like, public people to know who it is. But um, uh, I got you, got you. I wait till afterwards. I'm, oh uh, man, yeah, I, I got some spicy not stuff right. for you. I just, I just, I don't want to talk shit. To you. I, I, I feel oh, like I'll I know who you. Back. I feel like I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, but I think, I think you I know. Think but I yeah. But anyways, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. All right, well, uh, this has been Gaming Illuminati episode 80. Danny, we appreciate you coming through. And since you're the guest, you got the show floor. You got any closing statements for us? Uh, thank you so much for, for inviting me on. It's uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I love what you guys do. I'm, I'm jumping into your streams and stuff. So it's it's uh, it's rad to actually have the, have the floor and talk to you folks. I really appreciate it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Jay, you got the floor. What's your closing statement for episode 80? Go. Danny, are you saying that you low-key support us? Oh, I, I don't. You know what I don't do? I don't support you on Patreon, but I'm going to fix that once the stream's oh, over. 
Okay. And you should too, listener. Support <laughs> art. Support the artists you love. Support no clip. <laughs> nah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> in fact, if you if you support no clip, just like take it all for a couple of months and go support these guys. Oh, hey, that's that's great. I supported you first as the beginning. That is great. Uh, oh shit. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, Danny. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh to join our little old podcast. I My think pleasure. You probably have been our biggest guest so far. I think like in the in the public figure, so so definitely appreciate that. So 2019, we're doing big things. We'll see you all for the next episode, people. Hey, hey, hey! And once again, we appreciate you coming through to check out the show. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the major platforms. Download that app. Um, and other than that, wait, did I give you floor ethos? No, you didn't. No, it doesn't matter. All right, let's give us a go. Go ahead, bro. My bad, my bad, my bad, yo. I'm nah, out. it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, I just want to thank Danny. Thanks so much. Uh, shout outs to me because I was able to get him. I emailed him. I will say Danny is one of the most genuine people because I remember when I met you at PAX East. A lot of times when you meet famous people and you say, "Hey, I got this thing. You want to be a guest for it?" They go like, obviously because you're in their face. They'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah," and then they like, never hear from them. But uh, not nah, Danny. Answered the call. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, I appreciate also like really like you've been a huge inspiration for me personally. Um, what you do with no clip is like a godsend. I feel like it's exactly what's needed in the community. Um, and uh, I highly recommend like people who've never heard of you or heard of no clip. They definitely should go watch it. It's like one of the few things on YouTube that is just really, really like well done, good content that I wish YouTube would, would promote more. So I, you're, yeah. you're, you're too kind. I, I like uh, the way I see it is that like it, it took me a while to break into this industry, but since I've had the opportunity to do it, um, and especially as like, like a, like a white dude, especially as an Irish white dude, like fucking Americans love Irish people. I don't know what the fuck happened. It's like, <laughs> just like a unicorn or so I can't do wrong over here. It's amazing. So like, like i feel like the least thing we can do is to like to to help anyone else like get to a platform that we have so no it's fucking on and that's not to say this is charity shit either like i'm not gonna fucking condescend or anything like that but I, yeah i think it's the least any of us can do especially somebody who was lucky enough to be on the front page of you know videogames.com basically so uh thank you so much now i really appreciate it and uh yeah yeah let's just keep making cool shit for our audiences and have fun doing it you know Oh, and also, thank you very much for making me see say female ejaculation on a podcast <laughs> twice. That's gonna get memed. Watch. Don't worry about <laughs> nah, what's in it? I actually uh, now the Ethos brought that up when I first met you at VidCon. I I told because I knew Ethos was a big fan of you, and I told I was like, "Yo, I met Danny," uh, and that was one of the first things I said. I was like, "Yo, he was like a really nice and genuine dude to keep because to keep it a hundred with you." I was like, "Most white folks do not talk to me like when I go to these events and stuff like." That. And I remember you oh, spoke really? to me. Yeah, you spoke to me. You was like, "Yo, what's up? What you do?" I was like, "Oh, this dude's cool." I was like, "All right, so." I fuck, with, I fuck with Danny. It's nice to finally work with you, man. So we appreciate yeah, you coming on. Absolutely. I think we're like neighbors, too. Aren't you in like the D.C. area? Yeah, yeah. Don't be putting my shit out there, though. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you live, don't you live on that? <laughs> I forgot you moved to Maryland and you said that earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, he does stay out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts, yeah. facts, facts. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, uh, take the show on the go. Download the app. We appreciate you guys listening to episode 80, and we will see you guys next time on the GI Podcast. Peace out.